0: You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5 And on ESPN 975com Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow. At Josh Jordan. Welcome back
1: to Moneyline on a Stunting Like Your Daddy Sunday. We're in studio at Tyler Drew Scott, at Josh Jordan 97.5, and at Jerry Bone Nose with a Z. We're trying to get the day ready for all the festivities, whatever you have planned. Hopefully it involves making some money and hopefully we could get you on the right side of that. Before the end of this segment here, I'm gonna drop you a bet. It doesn't kick off to about 12.30, I believe. About an hour and a half, we have, so it's not crucial. I'm trying to pick my spots here because uh it's been it's been rough out there. And like I always tell people, if you want to beat your chest and drop booms on Twitter because you hit a bet, then you might as well show the same face when you lose. And that's the key to everything, Josh. We look for uh, in this gambling world uh that 52.4% and to get there, you know, your regular sports fan will tell you, man, I could pick more than half the games, right? You tell him i watched enough sports. I can, I can watch UFC. I can do that as well. And it's
2: not that simple, is it? No, man. I mean, a team will jump up and win and you, you don't see it coming. I mean, that's, it's the any given Sunday thing, right? And we, t- uh, we
1: always talk about picking spots though. And just to talk a little gambling, how much did you learn about live gambling within the last you know, few years? Because a lot of times you look at a spread and you find out, man, that line, I just wish it was not three and a half. I wish it was three, but I waited too long. Or, or if I wait, does it get to three? That's the key to things. But live betting comes into play. Sometimes a game kicks off and you can get that number you want.
2: No doubt about it, and that's that's kind of become my favorite. Actually, I, I love, I like getting a feel for how the game's going, and then getting my bet in there. But but you're right; you have to you have to get to that number that you feel comfortable with. Now, people are starting
1: to wonder: How do sports do pre COVID, post COVID? For example, in Germany, uh, how are the teams playing now in the soccer team on uh, the in the soccer league? Are teams scoring more? The only thing that stuck out that's a big difference, and it makes a lot of sense once you put all the numbers on paper away teams winning more often now if for example in germany they're winning at a 53 55 percent away teams are winning not spread wise we're talking about just straight up winning and that makes sense because if the home team doesn't have the home crowd to give them that extra push if say say you're a, an underdog and yeah you need that extra push from your crowd and you don't have that in a in a in an empty stadium skill shows through you would think right and after a while that's what's happening the 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 favorite teams on the road are still winning the home home field doesn't play for anything and that's what i'm going to have trouble with figuring out as far as football like because we know in nfl we always had three points for home field some some leagues or some stadiums three and a half four if you're late in the
2: season playing at new england go ahead and make it three and a half or four what are we going to do with that Man, that's a great point. I hadn't really thought about that. That's going to make a big difference. And and to kind of piggyback off of that, you know, one of the reasons the home field gets some advantage too is, you know, the offenses can communicate with each other, right? You know, they they, they can hear. So if they're going to be piping in crowd noise, is, is that going to, are you not going to be able to hear you know what I'm saying? Like if you're an offense and you're playing away, you know, are they going to be allowed to pipe in crowd noise to where you know you have to do all your silent counts and all that kind of stuff, or is it just going to be quiet in the stadium? And then you're really not as a you know at a disadvantage as an offense because you know all the players can hear the quarterbacks and you can make adjustments at the line of scrimmage and and communicate effectively. So that's something to think about too. You make a great point there because as to a sport that we've learned with no fans as the
1: UFC has proved now that it actually helps fighters. And even a fighter came out and said, I heard the, uh, the announcers, he heard Cormier uh, talking, not even one of his corner men, saying that, man, he should change this. And he changed it within the fight and gave him a shout out after the fight. So I wanted to see how it worked ex- specifically with something like UFC, that it's directly the corner men are being able to tell them to make certain changes. Now, 67% of favorites have won in the UFC with no fans as to 60% pre-COVID. Now, when you go, does that help as far as guys getting knocked out? No fans, decision goes 54% of the fights as to before it was 51%. So you're seeing a 3% increase as to... Man, they're going to decision now. Does it have something to do with the guys in their corners telling them, hey, make this change and they can hear them. Hey, switch this up in the middle of something. You know, hey, you only have 30 seconds left. Let's 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 win this. Whatever the case is, something's helping them out. And I just I I don't know how I'm gonna handicap things going forward. What's gonna happen in NFL whenever I talk to you about Okay, the line's at three. When it goes to three and a half, when it goes to two and a half, when do you want to get it? Well, making those decisions come early in the football week, right when the line's open. You go up there and you attack it. Before public perception moves the number, you're the one that persuades it, right? So you go and make your bet. And then Wednesday or Thursday, news starts coming out that possible COVID symptoms within the, let's say, defensive unit. Yeah. What are you going to do? Because now all of a sudden your numbers changed and Lord forbid it be the quarterback that's worth six points. Then you're, you find yourself trying to make a sharp play and it's everything. But
2: I think it's going to change the way you approach it. I think you want to get a little closer to game time before you put your money down. But as you just mentioned, sometimes that's not when you get value, right? No, you, know, you, you want to try and jump on it early to your point, but you know, if Thursday an important player pops up is questionable COVID you know that could that could change your outlook on the game. So it's going to be risky. And from a fantasy football standpoint, you know I wonder if instead of having like Tom Brady, you just have Buccaneers quarterback. You know what I mean? To where if Tom pops up Sunday and he can't go, that you know it just it flips in the backup for you.
1: That's actually really good. And I saw that in the league like two years ago. They did it now for this specific instance, and I didn't even think about it to that till till right now. That needs to be. One of the options, expanded rosters, one, yep. and two, just have position court, like an off-brand video game. Remember the old yeah. school video games? It wouldn't have the name. It would just say quarterback yeah. bucks. That's what you need now because it's going to be scary. How, how, how high do you go on your quarterbacks? Is that, does that change the way you draft something? Because if you spent a first round on your quarterback, that's going to, I mean, missing three weeks out of a season, that's a big
2: chunk. It's a big chunk. And we talk about it with baseball. Like, if they're only playing 50 games and you pull a hamstring and you have to miss two weeks, I mean, think how many games you're missing. Because you back know?
1: in the day when you'd go on the you know the 14-day, the yeah, it was just like a little mini vacation. See you guys later. I'm going on the 14-day. or now it's like, man, I'll see you when you come back.
2: We're going to be in the middle of a race. You might miss a quarter of the season because you pulled a hamstring. I, I mean, it, it's going to be so different. And you're going to have to prepare for it. I mean... With fantasy football, I mean, imagine if it happens on, on Monday night football and the guy pops up and, you know, is running a fever and and he can't play. He has COVID or something like that. And, you know, you, how are you going to run to the waiver wire? You know, on Monday, there may not be somebody that you can pick up to put in that spot. So I think it makes sense to, you know, Buccaneers quarterback, Texans quarterback, you know, whoever that happens to be, you get that person. And think about, like, usually you're not carrying a backup tight end. Well, you, maybe you should this year. You know what I mean? Because if that guy comes up and, and he can't play, you got to have somebody to put in that spot. And think about the leagues where you can't, like, waiver stop. You know, sometimes waiver stop on, like, Friday or something like that. Like, you can't even make a pickup on Sunday. Everyone's going to have to Yeah, th- Dude, that, you can't have that anymore.
3: You're just making me, like, really not want to play fantasy football. <laughs> and I'm in one league where we have only five bench spots, and – Every time we pick up a player, it's two bucks. Every time we drop Ooh. a player, it's two bucks. So transaction fees are going to be through the roof if players are out on COVID and you're like, oh, I got to swap this guy out on Sunday. And then another player goes down on Monday. And if you don't have the bench spots for it, then you're screwed.
1: Yeah, it's it's a whole different perception it's going to put on things. Those transaction fees cuz yeah. you, you always have that guy though and it's like Friday night he's st- he's up all night drinking or Saturday and then you wake up and then you just go to your list and you see it on the on the on the main page of your fantasy team. you're like what the what the hell was this guy doing last night? He picked up eight guys and then you'll see the same transaction like three times <laughs> cuz they don't go direct to you're like man, he kept messing up. This guy was drunk. He owes the pot $65, you know? And it's just now that's going to happen. Leading up to kickoff, uh, just imagine those question. They're going to have to put another designation: uh, the, the the doubtful, probable, questionable. They're going to have to have another designation throughout the week. Uh, you know, suspect.
2: Yeah, and I mean, and it's it's not just for that week, right? If he shows up with the fever on Sunday morning, suspect. Then for he's probably not going to play next week either, right? Suspect. That's yeah. all you're going to be like, damn, my guy's suspect. He's no, suspect.
3: If he shows up on Sunday morning with a fever. He might not play for three whole games. Right. So you got to be worried about that. <laughs> what if
2: that happens week 14? You're going to the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. Y- you, you don't make have me that one to bet. I know. This just is going to be that. I mean, imagine
1: us being on the air uh, breaking news just saying, "Hey, well, Mahomes just came down with a baby fever <laughs> um for being at the Post Malone concert. We
2: don't know if it was COVID, we don't know if it was his girl, but we know that he's not in your lineups." Yep. And then he's been in that quarterback room with all those other guys all week. You know, are they contaminated, too? Yeah. Now we're going to have to beat it out of Tyreek Hill, too. We're going to have to beat it
1: out of them. But, hey, it just – and you're making this – you're opening up so many doors here that I'm not even – I haven't even put that much thought into it. I was just looking over it as an overall view, just thinking I was doing the sharp thinking on the way here, especially I was thinking, how am I going to do this or – how how am I going to bet futures bets right now with, with a straight face saying, yeah. I mean, I'm confident in this. There's no possible way. As a commissioner right now, if you're commissioner in a fantasy football league, you're going to have a headache this year because you're going to be learning on the fly.
2: You're Think gonna, about this, Jerry. You're going to be betting on guys' immune systems. You know, I mean? like especially guys like Tom Brady that are 40. They're at more risk than those guys that are 20-something years old.
1: You're going to have to turn into private investigator on these guys. Like, what was he doing the prior week? Dude,
3: like, go back and look at past seasons and see who has come down with, like, flu-like symptoms, stuff like that. And you're really just going to have to, like, kind of parse it out through several seasons back. Because a lot of these guys, I mean, they're athletes. Like, yeah. I feel like they have much better immune systems than me or you or anybody else. But they, like, at the same time, they're in a locker room full of all these guys. Like, there's staph infections going around. There's all this other kind of crazy stuff. Flying in
2: Instagram models on the
3: weekends. Exactly. Like, you don't know who they're hanging out with. So that could be a thing. Like, go back and do more. you got to do more research on who has had flu-like symptoms at certain times of the year, whenever it starts coming out. So you never know. I think the only point.
1: solution needs to be that the, the side pieces of America need to be, uh, be put on pause. <laughs> they need a mask up, too. For about, yeah, that for six to nine months. Because I feel like that that's where it's going to be moving from person to person here. Because yeah. like you're not just a side piece. The side piece isn't loyal because she's your side piece. She has her side pieces. Right. And this is just going to keep moving amongst each other. And some of these NBA players, they share side pieces. Right. With, like, some brothers, Earl Thomas, we've learned That he shared. This could be this could be breaking news every week. Like, hey, man, we shouldn't have done that. Now we all got COVID,
2: And that's why I feel a little better about the NBA being in the bubble at Disney to where, you know, these people aren't being able to come in and out. And, you know, Ken Hoffman has a really good article on Sports Map. Check it out. He kind of gives you an an inside look, you know, a sneak preview of what life is going to be like for these NBA players in the bubble. And they're basically just going to be stuck at their hotel the whole time. I mean, <laughs> you know, we made a joke like they're not going to be out riding Space Mountain. You know what I mean? Like these guys are going to be in their hotel rooms almost the whole time. And and nobody can come in or out. But if they if they do that and they test, then they should be able to play basketball and nobody should be catching it.
1: The NBA has a few plans on how to, I guess, not avoid, but how to uh, see symptoms develop before they come. And we're going to give you that coming up here next on Moneyline ESPN 97.5.
0: Settle down if you want. You can marry look at me. I am old, but I'm happy.
1: This is Heisman Trophy Winner, and College Football Hall of Famer, Eddie George, and you're listening to ESPN
3: 975.
0: This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline,
1: 713-780-3776. Phone lines are open for whatever your gambling heart desires because we got to get back on the winning side. And that's what we're going to do here on Monday Line on a Father's Day Sunday morning. We're talking a little bit about everything because we got to get prepared for what's coming in these strange times that I don't know what we're going to call them years down the line. As far as from a gambling standpoint, from a fan standpoint, from a will there be asterisks? Uh, tied to any of these or not football so much because they're predicting that they are going to have uh, the entire season but what's going to be said as far as a shortened baseball season is how's that going to be looked at or how's it going to look like for the winner of this world cup type nba or the mls world cup type you know tournament just a lot of uh i think learning on the fly is going to go down on this and i hope that i i hate to have to use learning on the fly whenever i'm attaching gambling to it and that's what sometimes I guess creates value and I don't think value is going to come here from betting on any favorites. There's no reason to go to the board and say the Milwaukee bucks were the best team. I think that there's value in putting my money on them, although they pay the least, if that makes sense. Yeah,
2: no. And you know, that's, what's interesting. I don't you see Daryl Morey come out and say, you know, we should win this thing talking about the rockets. I don't know. You know, and I, I saw, you know, Nick Wright on, on first things first. I think he did a hit on, on Cal and Cowherd And, he said he gives you know the Rockets the second best odds out of any team in the West, and it's interesting. I'd, I'd love to see it. And It looks like Harden's taking it seriously, man. He's in great shape. I'm excited. I, I'm ready to. I've never been this excited to, to watch the NBA. You know, I'm, a, I'm more of an NFL guy, but because I haven't had any basketball, like I'm ready to watch the Rockets, man. I'm, I'm pumped for the, start of the, for the season to start back up.
1: I think the style of play of the Rockets, the new look Rockets, the small ball Rockets, yeah. that's going to hurt a lot of teams, especially teams that aren't ready, uh, let's say physically, right? And mentally is one thing, but physically to keep up with them and then mentally to be able to be on the same page as we saw that first game when the Rockets came out with that small ball, what they did to those Lakers, right? As as a few games went down the road, teams started kind of, you know, all right, let's adjust because we hadn't seen this small ball. We hadn't seen teams running like this and just st- sticking and shooting, pop it, run it, two passes down court, shoot, two, you know, just ball not even touching the floor, just get it up court, shoot. They hadn't seen that. Now that teams saw it, they kind of adjusted. But going into this, if you're not – in shape and if you're not on the same page, it's gonna be hard. If those shots are falling, it's going to be hard. You're gonna have to outscore the Rockets uh, in in the highs. And I don't even know how that's another thing. What are the over unders going to be like? Because I was about to say, you know, if the Rockets are scoring one twenty five, one thirty, I'm not sure if I could even say that
2: because I don't know what the team totals are going to be set at. I really don't know. No, you're right. You're just gonna have to kind of wing it. You know, this is one of those years where just kinda go with your instinct and hope for the best. And you know you know, I, I keep bringing up Ken's article, and he he talked about how other players are going to be in the stands. You know, fans aren't going to really be there watching these NBA games, but players from other teams, they don't have anything to do. They're just locked in a, you know, locked in a hotel. So you're probably going to see that, you know, guys like LeBron are, are sitting in the stands, you know, just watching games because they, they don't have anything else to do. Let's transition a little bit here to a name that has been popping up in the
1: NFL world, Jamal Adams. Yeah, and, of course, there's a need for him on plenty of rosters. About eight teams have popped up into this conversation of teams that he would like to go to. And I say that because a player like Jamal Adams, he comes with a – he likes to point where he's going to – you know, he, he's like – I like to compare him to Jalen Ramsey. You yeah. know, when it comes to, to Jamal Adams, he's, he wants to point the narrative of where it's going to end up and this is the way I'd like it to be. These are the teams I'm interested in. Hopefully that opens some doors. If you looked around the NFL, though, anyone – I mean, I'd say 90% of the teams can open up a spot for Jamal Adams. I mean, Yeah. Uh, we talked about earlier about certain teams that fit certain organizations. Would a player like Jamal Adams – and we know what comes with him. We know. Off-field – I mean, he's great on-field. Not that he has too much problems off-field, but he has an attitude with him. He brings that attitude. Would he fit on the Houston Texans?
2: I think so. I mean – Man, you put him with Justin Reed, and you're, you're really looking good at the safety position. And we know the Texans, they, they struggled past defense last year. You saw what Travis Kelsey did to the Texans. He got hurt and came back in the game, and still they couldn't stop him. So anything that the Texans add to their secondary would certainly help. And I think what's kind of interesting about this, too, is the list of teams that he would be willing to be traded to, and the Texans were one of those teams. But who were the other teams? they were all playoff teams and really good teams outside of the Eagles and the you know the Eagles just had some injuries last year but it just points to i guess Houston is a destination where good players want to come now and that's because of Deshaun Watson but just think a few a couple months ago the Texans were a joke right because of Bill O'Brien's trades and you know the national media was kind of laughing at the Texans because of Bill O'Brien but look how quickly it's kind of changed with, you know, Bill O'Brien saying he's going to take a knee and, you know, and you have Deshaun Watson here. And now all of a sudden the Texans aren't a joke anymore. You know, you know, you have a chance with Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. So I think it, it tells us a lot about the way, you know, players and teams are perceiving the Texans now that maybe some of these crazy Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien trades aren't tarnishing the image of the team's. And and people actually want to come play here and and on the field, dude. Yeah, I think he'd be a great fit. But man, O'Brien's traded away all the draft picks. How are they gonna? What are they gonna send to the Jets to get him here?
1: That's the thing, because whenever they uh, Jalen Ramsey was acquired, it was what two first and a second steal it highway robberies, right? Now, whenever you talk about Adams, what are you getting? Pro Bowler the last two years, but he's on his last what the fourth year of his rookie contract. Ramsey was able to sign that deal without committing to a new deal. That's a big risk you have to take. Is that a risk that you're willing to take with him coming to your team, but not necessarily saying, I'm going to sign a new deal, though, right when I get here, or saying, we'll see down the line whenever that time comes?
2: That's the big risk to take picking up a player of Adam stature. Hey, O'Brien did it with Laramie Tunsil. Traded two first and a second without a a new contract being negotiated yet. So they've done it before.
1: And that's – the trust comes into play because you know O'Brien told him, hey, like you said, people come here for Watson. So he let him know, like, you're coming here to protect the main piece. So we're going to protect you as well. I'm going to empty out the clip for you. Like, whatever it is, at at any extent, whether it's Hopkins, you know, in his head he was thinking, well, whoever's got to go, I'm going to protect four, and it starts with you. And that's where it starts from there. I mean, that's a good nucleus to have. It is. Oh, yeah. That's what teams – I mean, in all reality, we can talk about all the bad moves, all the chess pieces that have been moved. But whenever you look at what you have right now, you at least have the most important piece to protect Four. Now, with the development of four is what's in question now, not – in his arms, it's more in the people that guide him. Are they going to allow him to develop? This year, we'll get to see with a new offensive coordinator. How much pull will the offensive coordinator have is a question we always have here on Sundays. How much is he going to let him go? Is O'Brien going to go ahead and pull a O'Brienism out of nowhere and say, no, I got this stand back. We're going for it on fourth down, but I don't even have a play. We're just going <laughs> to go. You know? that, is that going to happen at any point? Or is he going to open it up? As we talked about, the some of the best offensive play callers like Andy Reid, Go ahead and just step back. We've seen him step back in the middle of a season and say, you know what? As good as I am, let me go ahead and let somebody else do this so I can worry about other things. And at that point, he didn't have other jobs
2: outside of head coach, Andy Reid. O'Brien does. He does. But if if we take him at his word, you know, Tim Kelly's going to run the offense, call the plays. And let's be real. You know, as much as O'Brien hates to hear it, he's had some issues with clock management, Jerry. We've seen it. Not knowing when to take timeouts. So, he needs to delegate more and worry more about managing the game and not worrying about what play to call the play
1: the call or the question that's in to me the most I guess who's the number one that you know in other words who is the number one 150 targets basically going to be missing from Hopkins 30% target share 30% so then how do you Call your plays now because when you have a Hopkins, you know you have that receiver on that side that's going to command their number one uh, de- de- defensive back. How does it line up now? Do you, do you continually, uh, continuously move your wide receivers to opposite ends of the field? Are you going to interchange the slot position? You're going to have to get real creative. You're going to have to have those backs coming out that backfield hitting them. You're going to have to play split backs at some point if you need. I mean, I don't know what they need to do to make this work because on paper speeds there. You know, uh, I guess past success is there. Now, It was it last year for the, some of these guys? No. But if you look at Cooks, if you look at all his seasons, and he's had interchangeable quarterbacks moving from team to team – he can get you those 1,000 yards. He can be that. But whenever Cooper Cup went down in that 2018 November game and he was asked to be the number one receiver, he only had that one big game the very next game. And then after that, it wasn't like he was built to be a
2: one. How many targets are going to come Cook's way? Uh, what are we expecting out of him? Man, and I'd like to get into this a, a nice discussion and it related to fantasy football like because it relates to this. Would you rather have Brandon Cooks or would you rather have Will Fuller? Wow. So... Why don't we get to that on the other side?
1: Cooks, Fuller, next on Moneyline, ESPN 97.5.
0: Seven This is Money Line on ESPN ninety seven five. ESPN975.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan.
1: Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776. 30 minutes left if you want to get in and send a shout-out to your father. Hey, the phone lines are open just for that. 713-780-ESPN. Let me try to get you on a winner here. I know I've teased it a little bit, but the game isn't till uh, 1230, so about an hour kickoff. Atalanta, Sasuolo. I'm taking you to Italy. I hope you have your passports ready because we got to go out there and we're looking for goals. And the reason I look for goals here is because that's what these two teams do. Atalanta, let me tell you what they've done in the last five games. They've scored this themselves, not combined. They've scored four, seven, four, two, six. So they can get on the board, and that's what they do, especially when they're at home. They haven't scored less than two goals in four games at home, but in every single one of those games, they've allowed goals. So they score goals and allow them. And then whenever you look at Sassuolo away, they also allow multiple goals on occasions, head-to-head. And all the last five games, check this out, 3-1, 2-1, 2-1, 1-1, 1-1. So in every game, both teams have scored. I expect Atalanta to score multiple times, and Sassuolo get on the board. So the way you're going to bet this is – both teams to score and over two and a half. That's a combined bet. Bet that. And then if you don't have that, bet the over three and a half combined for both teams a little bit smaller. Hopefully we could get on the right side of things here. As I see in England, Aston Villa is upsetting Chelsea right now. That's not good for a lot of the uh, favorite bettors because that's a big upset, brewing. Let's get back to some football, though. You had some, uh, something to talk about Brandon Cooks.
2: Yeah, Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller. So just off the top of your head, who do you think will have the bigger year?
1: Injuries aside, though, if I was getting for sure the well, same that, that, game sample,
2: that's baked into it. Both of them have injury concerns. Oh man, it's just tough. I, I, I guess Cooks. Yeah, I mean, history will tell you that you know Cooks has had multiple thousand yard receiving years. I mean, he's had one, two, three. He's had four of them. So he's done it four times. Whereas Will Fuller, he's never hit a thousand yards receiving. But we know how good Fuller is when he's on the field. I mean, he's, he's explosive. He's a good player. I know that You know, everybody questions his hands a little bit, but I think he's gotten better at that. But the one reason, the thing I do like about Will Fuller, and I think we need to take this into account, he's going to be the only receiver, you know, outside of limited time with Kenny Stills, that, that Deshaun's comfortable throwing the ball to. Randall Cobb, brand new. Brandon cooks, he's going to be brand new and, and who knows how, you know, the offseason's going to look, how training camp's going to work, how much time Watson's going to get to work with Brandon Cooks, So he's very familiar with Will Fuller. So you have to like that aspect of it. And we always talk about Will Fuller's almost a check down to Deshaun Watson. And by that, we mean, if, if he doesn't like anything, he'll just deep bomb, you know, just, a, you know, just right down the field, he'll take a shot to Fuller if he sees that single coverage and he'll just throw it as far as he can. and, it, often he catches it. Let me give you a view from this perspective. Brandon Cooks
1: ADP average draft position right now in the fantasy football world about thirty fourth overall for wide receivers. Yep. Will Fuller thirty sixth. They're, they're right there, mm-hmm. sixth
2: seventh round.
1: Right then and there. so you ask yourself, well, what does? How do you compare that to someone outside of uh, someone outside of the Texans? Well, you have them right around the range of Marquise Brown from Baltimore and then right ahead of Christian Kirk and the rookie CD Lamb and the other rookie Jerry Judy. So to say that the number one receivers on your team both of them are within that 34 to 36 overall range in their specific position and with I mean right above two rookies that aren't even probably the number ones on their teams, that's not a good look.
2: You don't have a number one that's I don't like that. It's it's the injury stuff, right? You worry about the concussions with Brandon Cooks. And Will Fuller, we've seen it, whether it's a collarbone or a knee or a hamstring. I mean, something typically always slows him down during the season, and that's hard to count on. But for best ball, I think you probably do like a guy like Will Fuller, right? Like, he'll probably win you a couple weeks in best ball because, you know, in best ball it just takes the pe- you know the best performing guys on your roster. And if Will Fuller has one of those games where he has three touchdowns and 150 yards, he's probably going to win you your week. Now, where do you think
1: DeAndre Hopkins should be? As to where he was in fantasy, the rest of the his career, does he move up, down? Do you still have him? I mean, where do you rank him? I know one, two, three, or I, I, I get, and we'll go PPR scoring because standard scoring, I know Tyreek Hill moves up a lot more. But let's say in PPR, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, or Hopkins, how do you have those one, two, three?
2: I'm going to have Hopkins behind those guys. I I love Michael Thomas. How can you not? I mean, he just catches so many passes, especially in a PPR. And I love Devontae Adams this year. That's your boy last he year. He is, yeah. man. And in a couple of years ago, like I've been all in on him. And and what did the Packers do to add to their receivers? They didn't really do anything. That was the big shock from the draft, right? That they didn't they didn't get a receiver. They they took a running back in the second Slapping
1: round. Slap in the face to Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yes. And I think I mean think about it. LaFleur came over from the Titans. Where he was with Derrick Henry, right? We see how that offense is built. So he comes over to the Packers, and then he takes a running back in the second round that's built like Henry. You know, he's a big, bruising back. Aaron Jones is on the last year of his deal. I think their plan is to run the ball this year. They picked up a fullback. Basically, think about that.
1: Yeah. That I believe they had, what, 11 picks, and they picked no wideouts? It's crazy. Uh, no wideouts and a backup Quarterback to Aaron Rodgers. That's a that's a slap in the face. I mean, not only did you not help me, but then you brought in my backup guy. Not only you know you're like, man, I need a little help here at work, Josh. I've, you know, I got so much stuff going on with Sports Map. I need a little bit of help. And then they bring someone else in. You know, you're just thinking like, I didn't I didn't need to for him to take my job. I needed right. a little. Yeah, little could, could
2: you train this guy? Yeah, <laughs> can you train
1: him? And then before you know it, they they give you his office, and you're sitting out here in the bullpen again. Before yep. you know it, it's like. That's not what I was asking for. I need a little help. I'm still I still feel fantastic and they bring
2: in someone else when they have double digit picks and then use one on a fullback? It's crazy. And they didn't sign anybody of note either with free agency. So that just tells me Devontae Adams is going to get targeted again like crazy.
1: So are those there, they are are on their own tier as far as Thomas and Adams, you think that's tier 1 and it stops there
2: pretty much.
1: So yeah. then tier 2 would start with who and this is PPR again, would you go Hopkins, Julio, and cut it there, or because as far as ADP, you already start touching the Chris Godwin and Mike Evans.
2: Man, I think Chris Godwin's gonna have a huge year. I might even put him up on that top tier with Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas. Just you, Brady loves throwing the inside receivers, man. You guys are going Godwin over Mike Evans all day this year? I am.
3: I just feel like Mike Evans' size, like you gotta go to him at some point. And I mean granted Gronk might take some of that away too so
1: good point because, so so that second tier to lock that up so what would we do Hopkins, Julio and are we including either or or both of Godwin and because I mean that's that goes to tell you everything whenever you have two receivers that's what the t- the the, the uh, Steelers used to have when they would have Brown and Schuster or they'd have two big receivers inside the top you know two rounds of fantasy you would always think man that quarterback's going to go off I yeah. need to but I don't know if that's the case, and I want to get that before we get out of this show on this next segment.
2: Can Brady get them the ball? What's to see with Brady? We talked about that a little bit before the show. Brady's better at getting the ball down the field than people are giving him credit for. So I don't think he's going to have any trouble with that. I think Mike Evans will have a nice year. It's just he plays outside a lot. We know Brady likes to throw inside, but you know what we're going to find out? Is Brady, with him throwing the ball to inside receivers, is that because that's a Patriot scheme thing? or is that because that's a thing Tom just likes to do and we're going to find that out this year if you know if that was just a patriots thing or, or if that's just something that Brady loves that he loves throwing inside so i i think godwin's going to have a huge year to me he's he's in that top tier i have mike evans a little bit below him but i think i still think evans is going to have a great year I do too. Uh, that's what's so interesting
1: about that offense because then you go to the tight ends and you say, "Well, Gronk, or or what about Howard? Or what about Breit? You, um That's three tight ends.
2: I think you're going to see Gronk used in the red zone a lot, yeah, and that think, could, yeah. and that
1: could save him a lot. You know, that could save him a lot. Use him as a big target and save him a lot of those big hits that he takes. A lot of the things that will maybe shorten him uh, or or expose him to injury. It's going to be weird the way the Buccaneers play it because. We know what they were on defense. The number one rush defense. People got to understand that. Number one rush. Just they put themselves in so many bad predicaments with bad fields, with Jameis Winston's 30 for 30 season. Yep. So 30 interceptions. A lot of those interceptions happened on his own side of the field. So what happened? All of a sudden, your defense is right back out there. And, yeah, they had a pretty good offense. So what? The other team was having to play catch up and throwing it on you. Yeah, their they're, they're, uh, defensive backs looked a little shady. Now I'm hearing Adams wants to go there. That was his last thing he said. He said he would love to be on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That would be an interesting
2: ad. Oh, that that would be. I think it's going to be a good year for Brady. I really do. And we were talking about Bruce Arians. I mean, he's had a lot of success, not just as a head coach with Carson Palmer, but remember he was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator. He was Ben Roethlisberger's uh, offensive coordinator. So he knows how to scheme offense and get some production. And back to the receivers like Hopkins, I think – I think Hopkins is going to have a nice year. You know, he only had 1,165 yards last year and seven touchdowns. And I say only, but but for Hopkins, that's not a huge year. I think his his numbers might go up a little bit. I think he'll have more than seven touchdowns. I'll tell you that. And I think he might get to around 1,200 yards. As far as the Texans guys, to, to put a bow on it, Brandon Cooks is probably going to play the X position, to, which is where Hopkins played. So I think he's going to be that main receiver and Fuller stays at the Z. So if they stay healthy, I think Cooks will have the bigger year. But I think early on Fuller has that, you know, that connection with Watson and I think he could start off pretty quick.
1: We know Cooks has always been a top 15. He can be a PPR top 15 receiver. Can yeah. he break the top 10?
2: I just I don't know if there'll be enough targets for him. That that's what I worry about. I think Deshaun's really going to spread the ball around a lot and we're not even talking about Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb's going to get a lot of catches out of the slot
1: well we got one segment left and I got a few more bets and I'm going to tell you how to build $30,000 in equity in one sports betting ticket next Moneyline ESPN 97.5 my name
0: is Stephen A. Smith and you're listening to 98.7 wait what? I said
2: 98.7, that's my show. (laughs) Let's try this one more time, okay?
0: My name is Stephen A. Smith, and you're listening to 97.5 FM. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5 on ESPN 975com live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan
1: man my man Tyler with the jams on a Sunday morning give me hype I'm, I'm ready to get out of here I'm ready to get the festivities going ready to celebrate a little bit of Father's Day and I hope you're out there doing the same go ahead and call your old man if he's still out there and just give him a big oh, I love you you know because when he's not there it's a little too late but it's not too late to give you a winner, and I'm going to take you to Costa Rica. Again, have your passport ready, uh, wear your mask. You know We're not going to let our guard down to go look for some money, but we are going to find some money at 3 o'clock Central Standard Time. Sporting San Jose, it's the Super Final. We're going to go ahead and bet the the over in this game. The first match ended 1-1. This is a two-legged um, affair, and I believe that both teams will score here, and we'll see the over. It's a one-one uh first, first leg. So again, uh, I don't want to get too far into soccer, but uh, whenever you score an away goal, if the uh, if the score line is tied at the end of it, it counts as double. So if 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 you scored one at your or if you scored one as an away team, and then we tie at my house, and I didn't score none as away team, the away team. Uh, the, the way team winning game or team uh, wins, it's it's hard to understand. I'm sorry. Let me not get into that. Let me just give you the, the goal bet over three goals in Costa Rica, the super final San Jose bet that. But yes, soccer is a tricky, tricky beast. And I, let me not even
2: get into that. No, that's all right, man. It's, it is and. You know, when I was getting into soccer, I was trying to figure a lot of that stuff out. Man. I call
1: myself right now trying to explain it. I'm thinking, man, they don't even care about all that. They just want the bet. Like, who cares about aggregate goals and all that? So, um, just bet the over in San Jose, and
2: uh, hopefully I could give you another winner before we get out of here. Yeah, no doubt, man. I'm I'm sure you will. Nobody knows soccer like Jerry knows soccer. And we were just talking during the break. Man, we can't wait for football to get back. Just, you know, especially for betting, right? Something that you feel just really really comfortable with this especially for me cuz you know Jerry's a soccer expert I'm not I just you know like to watch it for fun and and get a little action on it to to make it a little more exciting but but we did talk about it. it's going to be tricky with the NFL this year this is not your ordinary season it's going to be you know I'm, I'm probably going to you know dip my you know kind of ease into the betting you know I want to get get my eyes on how things are working out before I go too crazy but I'm going to be really tempted though Jerry, that first Thursday night game, Texans Chiefs, I'm going to want to get in on that. What is it like 10 and a half now I think? Yeah, it's right around that
1: double digit mark. I'm scared of it, it's but it's opening, it's the it's that first game you can catch somebody maybe sleeping especially with the way the off-season workouts are going to work. Uh, I don't I'm not sure that. Okay, let's go back to Tampa. How's this going to affect let's say, Brady and going to a new team, learning a new system, them learning the way Brady works, that's going to set them back, obviously, right?
2: It might, but remember when Peyton Manning went to the Broncos and he kind of took his offense with him. I think Brady's kind of taking his offense with him, and then Bruce Arians is just going to – You know, give him a few. You know, a few of his few. You know, favorite plays to work into what Brady already does. I I think that might be the situation.
1: Now, the situation that I got brewing is how to build thirty thousand in equity in one ticket. Right. So, this is my thought, and I'm not saying that. I think Tampa Bay is going to win the Super Bowl. So, people, whenever you call something a square bet, it's it's a bet that a lot of people will be on. So, Tampa Bay. Whenever they announced that they would get Brady, it became a square team because everyone wants to flock to him. Everyone says, man, I want to be behind that. But right now you can get that Tampa Bay team at 15-1 to to win the Super Bowl. So 100 wins you 1,500. 1,000 wins you 15,000. So my plan, which is this, and I'm going to put it into fruition the next week and a half or two. um, We're going to put this bet out in Vegas. I have a friend actually flying out there to uh, place this bet for me. I'm going to put two grand on – tampa bay to win the super bowl so now i have thirty thousand dollars in equity in that ticket if it wins they win 30 i'm not necessarily thinking they're going to win the super bowl though i'm thinking that they are favored in 14 games this year okay Uh, looking at the vegas odds so let's say they win 10 or 11 of those games that's good enough to get in the playoffs say they win 11 maybe 12 they could win the division now i only have to fade three games so when they get to the playoffs i have a thirty thousand dollar ticket in my hand if Tampa wins the Super Bowl. At that point, I'm only invested for two grand. I can bet against the Buccaneers on whoever they're playing, Buccaneers will be favored, to make my two grand back. And no matter what, I'll have that thirty grand. So say they're playing whatever X team and Tampa's favored by four and a half, week one of the NBA of the of the NFL playoffs. Um the other team's gonna play plus one fifty, plus one seventy five, maybe even plus two hundred. At that point I could bet thousand dollars on the other team against Bucks. So what happens? The Buccaneers win. Cool. I'm that much closer to thirty thousand. Buccaneers lose. I had a say a thousand. Again, to, to to normal man's terms, a hundred dollars. You had a hundred to win fifteen hundred on the Buccaneers. Whoever they're playing, you're going to put a hundred dollars against the Buccaneers that first week. Say the Buccaneers lose and you lost your hundred bucks. You won money on this ticket. If the Buccaneers win, you, so you're basically hedging against it. You're agreeing. Yeah, it's a square bet, but I'm, I'm buying equity in life. It's about getting equity in things, right? And you're going to buy an equity into a sports ticket. So if you're listening out there and you want to have a a, a futures bet that you can buy back on and guarantee yourself some money, the only question in here would be if the Buccaneers can make it to the playoffs, which I read. look they're favored in 14 games I believe that they can win 10 or 11 of those games getting them
2: into the playoffs that's really interesting and I like the Buccaneers a lot this year by the way you you texted me a few weeks ago like you know how how good do you think the Buccaneers are I think they could make the Super Bowl Uh, you know I only worry could they beat an AFC team in the Super Bowl but that's not really the point of this for you it's all about hedging your bets and and in, in having a, a system in place, right?
1: Exactly. Having that equity. And when you look at them, if they were just some duds on the defensive side of the ball, but you look and you say, okay, they were the number one rush defense, so they can stop the run, right? So, where. Are the game scripts going to go? If they have such a good offense, they're going to they're going to be able to score. Offenses are the opposing offense is going to have to chase a score, which is going to allow them to tee off. Yes, they lost McCoy to the Cowboys, but they have a top five uh, 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 pressure in defense. I think that with a team that can score, the other offense is going to have to chase. It's going to put your pass defense in better predicament, and that's where you have your faulty spots, right? That's where you lack. Now, if they get Adams, I guarantee you that m- number moves because that's a big pickup oh no doubt and that's what i'm trying to beat right now at circa they have it at 15 to 1 again you could put 100 bucks on it 1500 dollars worth of equity as the season goes on you start betting against the patriots you start betting against them and that's how you guarantee yourself money in this game you're not gambling you're buying a, a basically like a stock into something and you're gonna sell it when it's time to sell
2: it that's interesting and here's the other thing i really like about the bucks this year is tom brady's an older quarterback he's not having to play in foxborough in the winter anymore you know, he's going to be in Florida where the the weather's good. You know what I mean? And and you saw that like, you know, when Brett Favre got older, you could tell those cold weather games, they bothered him a little more than when he was young. I think that's part of, you know, why Eli Manning had some success on the road. Was, you know, he was younger in those games when they had to go play in the cold weather. So Tom's going to be in Tampa. I think that helps him, and for throwing the ball, it helps to be in better, better weather too.
1: And we know that division has a bunch of high-scoring games. Yeah, and we look at Tom Brady as last year as his stats last year, and if you really look at it, I mean, he had second in the league in drop balls. First was Dak Prescott, second Tom. So that doesn't help his numbers. If you look at fourteen different quarterbacks had a higher uh, QBR of a hundred or higher with uh, passes downfield twenty yards. That goes to show you that Brady's on that list. He still has that arm. It was a matter of the other pieces around him. And we saw Brady struggle through his career. Whenever Deion Branch left, he struggled that next year. In 2013, when Gronk was hurt those seven games and the Edelman year that he just came and Amendola was there, he struggled that year. Last year, he struggled. Okay, it was time for a move. I don't believe that the narrative is there that Tom Brady's done. And I think that the money is there to be made. So go ahead and punch that ticket. Hopefully we'll sweat it throughout the season. Hopefully you a you sweated throughout this show hopefully we made you laugh hopefully we got you some information and hopefully we got you ready to celebrate your father's day shout out to all the fathers out there again mine's close to my heart that's the reason i'm behind this microphone and i just wanted to give them a big shout out wherever you are dad i love you and i'm signing off with the money line squad here tyler josh jordan and jerry bone Nose. peace happy father's day randy
0: SPS ninety-seven five.